0: This past November 11th was Remembrance Day in Canada. In the United States, it's Veterans Day. I was amazed at how this day, which is not a holiday, but maybe it should be, has become quite the day in Canada. Everyone, no matter what their faith background, takes a moment of silence. And in Ottawa, the nation's capital, there's a huge gathering at the National War Memorial. It's not quite a prayer gathering but it definitely feels that way. The War Memorial in Ottawa was dedicated by King George VI in 1939. 100,000 people showed up to that gathering. The memorial was rededicated this past week with Princess Anne in attendance. 50,000 people were there. That's 20,000 more than usual. I was in Chicago last weekend and I was told that Veterans Day in the United States is more of a shopping holiday. I was told, I don't know for sure, that no one pays much attention to remembering or honoring the troops. Instead, it's a good day to get a good deal on mattresses. But in Canada, the Gap had to apologize after sending out an email promotion that referred to a Remembrance Day deal. The uproar was against the fact that Remembrance Day should not be a day for profit. Those who complained said that Remembrance Day is a day where we remember and that the point is not to exploit and profit from this day. The Gap apologized. Interesting. Maybe we can do the same for Christmas. I'm Deacon Pedro, and this is the Salt and Light Hour. Hello and welcome to the Salt and Light Hour. I'm Deacon Pedro. First, a winner. Abraham Shamoth. Abraham Shamoth, you've won a copy of Mags' album mismatched that we featured last week if you haven't yet done so please contact us so we can get you your prize and for the rest of you remember that we give away prizes every week entering our weekly draw is very easy just go to salt slash radio and sign up where it says stay connected for a chance to win weekly prizes all we need is your name and email address if you prefer to visit us on facebook Comment on any of our posts and that will also get you entered into the draw. In fact, last week's winner was Angelo Dom of North Providence, Rhode Island. Angelo was entered into the draw because he likes everything on our Facebook page and he's won a copy of Craig Colson's album, I Am The Way. So if he can win, so can you. Today we continue with our usual show format. Stefan Slovak will be here with our news and, of course, Andrew will be here with a saint of the week and Jillian will be here to tell us what she learned from her kids this month and this year it's going to be all about the family as we gear up for the World Meeting of Families in Philadelphia next September and the Ordinary Synod on the Family in Rome in October next year so for those of you in the Ottawa area next week November 20th to the 22nd there is going to be a family conference sponsored and hosted by Dominican University College with speakers including Ottawa's Auxiliary Bishop Christian Reisbeck. It will be an opportunity for Ottawa's Catholic community to come together to pray, study, and reflect on God's plan for the family. And we're going to be learning more about this conference in about 25 minutes. And I'm very excited about our featured interview today. In our second half hour, we're going to be speaking with Brother Guy Consolmagno. He's an astronomer at the Vatican Observatory. And he has a new book titled, Would You Baptize an Extraterrestrial? So we're going to ask him that question, and many others that's in about half an hour and afterwards we're going to be speaking with Sal Solo whose new ministry with the NCYC's top talent is very exciting he'll be telling us all about that at the end of the program so let's begin with one of these young artists from the first NCYC's top talent album here's a young man that goes by the name of fusion Louis Garjula, with hands up from NCYC's top talent
1: Time for the one that really matters. <laughs> let's go. Who really even cares about the money? What do you think that you all taking from me? God is the best, He takes the title for those who hear. This music is vital. Instead of a thought, let's make it reality. where we can be accepted no matter what your salary, no matter what's in the bank. Only gotta thank, no one should be judged. He has the highest rank. And I know that I would never go against. Cause today he's the only one making sense. Now put your hands in the air one time with his guidance, I swear, be blind it's got to sing up for the one and only God One and only God that I call mine, yeah Put your hands up so you can not see gives us, he's a savior, but that's no excuse for bad behavior. Know you gotta be your best, he loves him too, all the rest. Just as much as you even know that i not do, he loves him too. That's one of the many reasons that he's the main, don't make me tell you, let him explain, yeah. And I know that I would never go against, cause today he's the only one making now put your hands in the air one time Without his guidance, I swear, be blind it's gotta Sing it for the one and only God, one and only God That I call my kid Put your hands up so you can see How this life is
2: supposed to be, yeah Put your hands up and join the Life is supposed to be, yeah Put your hands up, enjoy the ride Cause God is on your side
0: Was Louis Fusion Garjula with Hands Up from NCYC's Top Talent. And we're going to be speaking with the man behind NCYC's Top Talent, Sal Solo, in our second half hour. And in about five minutes, Saint of the Week with Andrew Santos. But first, Stefan is here with our news. And first of all, Stefan, you have to tell me about the Cardinals' Dinner. I'm sure that most dioceses have that, that Archbishop's Dinners, Cardinals' Dinners is a big deal in, in Toronto. You were there last week.
3: I was there. Uh, The Cardinals Dinner in Toronto is actually one of the largest annual dinners in Canada. Mm -hmm. It drew about 1,600 people uh, from anywhere from political leaders to business leaders to uh, parishioners and clergy. So you had really a nice cross-section of the church here Mm -hmm. in the uh, greater Toronto area. Uh, Cardinal Collins was, of course, the keynote speaker, the Archbishop of Toronto. Yeah, uh, he was also joined on stage by the Apostolic Nuncio to Canada, oh, Archbishop good. Luigi Bonazzi, mm-hmm. uh, and you also had representation from the federal government, the provincial government, and several uh, municipal governments. Yeah. Uh, from the greater Toronto yeah, area.
0: That's amazing. So a lot of money is raised, I presume. What happens to that money?
3: Yeah, so the money that's raised from the evening is uh, d- given to Share Life, which is the charitable arm of the Archdiocese of Toronto, right. and they uh, they fund approximately 35 charitable a- mm-hmm. agencies here in the area uh, that certainly give back to the community, not just to Catholics, but to the whole uh, the Toronto area.
0: It definitely is the, the Catholic dinner to go to, and I wasn't there, but Stefan, you were there. Clearly, you are... Uh, The man. So that's in Toronto. Any news
3: from Rome? There is news from Rome. Uh, This week, Pope Francis wrote to the Prime Minister of Australia, Tony Uh Abbott, and that's coming ahead of the G20 G20 conference that will be taking place there in Brisbane. Mm -hmm. So uh, as most people know, these G20 conferences are huge, huge events that require enormous amounts of security, but really important decisions do get made, and those often get overlooked in light of all the fireworks that happen around them. So Pope Francis, writing to the Prime Minister, uh, he asked them not to forget that the many lives that are at stake behind the political and technical discussions that happen as a result of these conferences. Uh, he says the choices shouldn't simply be made on a declaration of principle. Uh, and they should, There should also, in the world today, really be a coordinated effort amongst mm-hmm. uh, world leaders through the United Nations, to try and find a way to resolve the violence in the Middle East not through purely military efforts but to really look into right. all kinds of ways just to bring peace to that very very mm-hmm. uh, troubled region.
0: Good do, do we anticipate that that's going to be the main topic of this meeting? Well,
3: very often these uh, these forums are topics for economic discussion yes. rather more rather than military discussion or uh Discussions of international yeah, exactly. conflict. So it'll be interesting to see uh, what comes out of the conference, but a lot of these things are sort of set ahead of time It's just kind of the of final course. touches being put of on them. Of course,
0: and it's good that the Holy Father can have a say, I guess.
3: Yeah. We also this week had the uh, USCCB plenary uh, that took place. This is the annual plenary of the Catholic bishops of the United States. Right. Uh, so this is the annual meeting they have where they just they go through their annual business. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, this year they did things like approve new liturgical norms. They uh, endorsed the cause for sainthood for Father Paul Watson, who was the founder of the Society of the Atonement. So he's from the 19th century, a big figure in the United States. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's also approval of their annual budget. And as well, the USCCCB has a new secretary in Archbishop Gregory Amond of New Orleans. Mm -hmm. And they also elected a whole host of other committee chairs uh, for the various committees uh, that the bishops uh, deal with. Do
0: they elect a new president or does that happen every
3: other year? That will happen every other year. So So the current president is Archbishop Kurtz from St. Louis. Uh Uh-huh. Or oh, pardon me from from Kentucky. Pardon me. Pardon yes, me. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. I'm sure. I'm sure somebody
0: listening to this program
3: in the United States knows. Yes, indeed. Okay. Yes, uh, and uh, he will be uh, president until the, the elections take place next year.
0: Okay. Very good. Thank you, Stefan, for that update. Uh, Stefan Slovak uh, from our news team. You can watch Stefan and get the latest updates on anything that's happening in the Catholic Church on his program Perspectives every day on Salt and Light TV and online at saltandlighttv.org.
4: Hi, this is Megs, and you're listening to The Salt and Light Hour with Deacon Pedro.
0: Coming up, The Family, a conference. So stay tuned. You can podcast our show for free at saltandlighttv.org slash radio, and you can also tell us how much you like the show by emailing us at radio at TV.org And now it's time for saint of the week with andrew santos andrew welcome back to the program
4: pedro i'm hearing this bumper that uh, that is a part of your radio show and you're saying uh, for people to uh, to call in to email if you like the show well i want you to know that i like the show
0: oh good send me an email
4: (laughs) (laughs) i'll send you an email check your check your inbox exactly andrew santos likes the show (laughs)
0: yes there you go who's our saint today
4: i'm gonna look at saint cecilia
0: Saint Cecilia, good. absolutely one of, my, good one. Uh, one of my one
4: of my all time favorites. Yes, because my background uh, is in music. Yes, um, I've gr- I've grown up um, in and out of the church uh, with music, uh, so I'm happy to highlight uh, the life of Saint Cecilia, seeing that her feast day is coming up, uh, which is a week today, Saturday, November the twenty second.
0: Good. So she is the patron saint of musicians. So tell us about her.
4: Absolutely. So she, we know, is a cultivated young woman whose uh, ancestors uh, lived and loomed large in Rome's history. So we know that she vowed her virginity to God, but it was her parents that married her to Valerian of Trastevere. Uh Uh, Cecilia told her new husband that she married that she was accompanied by an angel, but in order to see it, he must be purified. Interesting. So he agreed to the purification and was baptized. So returning from the ceremony, he found her in prayer accompanied by a praying angel. Hmm. The angel placed a crown on uh, both of their heads and offered Valerian a favor. So the new convert asked that his brother be baptized. Hmm. So the two brothers developed a ministry of giving proper burial to martyred Christians. Uh, Christians were being martyred, uh, not just today, but, you know, back then uh, in history. So um, they were called to give burial to them. And in their turn, they were arrested and martyred for their faith. Mm -hmm. So Cecilia buried them at her villa on the Aprian Way and was arrested for uh, doing that. She was ordered to sacrifice the false gods. And when she refused to do that, um, when she refused uh, the people who had arrested her, she was martyred in her turn. Hmm. So, um, you know, the act of Cecilia, uh, when you read it, it includes the following. Uh, While the profane music of her wedding was heard, Cecilia was singing in her heart a hymn of love for Jesus, Jesus being her true spouse. And it was really that phrase, when you read the act of Cecilia, that led to her association as the patron saint of musicians, both as music, singers, musicians, etc. So she was martyred in the 3rd century. Um, We know that she suffocated for a while, and when that didn't kill her, she was beheaded. Mm -hmm. Uh, Her grave was discovered in the year 817, and her body was removed to the Church of St. Cecilia in Rome. So if you're ever in Rome and you find yourself there, get to St. Cecilia in Rome. The tomb was opened in the year 1599, uh, so about 500-something years ago, and her body was found to be incorrupt.
0: Wow.
4: Very interesting. And uh, just, you know, one more fact that I want to add is that her name, Cecilia, it actually means blind. Really? Yeah, that is the meaning of the name. So uh, we look to St. Cecilia, um, her feast day, Saturday, November the 22nd. She is um, a patroness of composers, martyrs, music, musicians, poets as well, singers, uh, and the Academy of Music, which can Ooh. be found in Rome, Italy. St. So Cecilia, uh, pray, pray for, for all, us. Uh, pray musicians. for us. And uh, please intercede for all those musicians in our church who. Strive to lead people um, Lead people to God Through the gift of music
0: Absolutely
4: uh, I pray that St. Cecilia Will intercede for um, Will intercede for us And she will look over After all Of the musicians In the church today
0: Absolutely uh, St. Cecilia A favorite saint For a lot of people Thank you Andrew Thank you you better Have a good week You too Andrew Santos Is youth minister At St. Justin Martyr Parish In Unionville, Ontario And he is our saint expert
5: Hey everybody, this is Luke Spihar. You're listening to the Salt and Light Hour with Deacon Pedro.
0: I'm Deacon Pedro. You can find Salt and Light Radio on Facebook, facebook.com slash slradio1. And you can also find me on Facebook. Just look for Deacon Pedro. And you can follow me on Twitter at GM. And now it's time for... What I Learned From My Kids with Jillian Cantor. Jillian, welcome back to the program.
6: Thank you very much. How are you today?
0: I'm very good, and I'm curious to know, what did you learn from your kids this month?
6: Oh, well, many, many things. (laughs) Um, I think I say that every time you ask. I think so. (laughs) We just need one thing. Just one thing? Just one thing. Um, Recently, my children have reminded me of Christ's love for me. um, And how have they done this? They have done it by doing what they do best, losing their toys.
2: Oh, okay.
6: Uh, I, uh, I can't stand having lost a toy. Um, I like complete sets. I like knowing where things are. Our, our playroom's pretty tidy, um, and if I notice, or I'm, one of them tells me that something is missing, uh, my world stops a little bit. <laughs> it's stressed until I can find that item. Uh, it's, it's, it's always at the top of my mind. I'm always kind of looking out for it, and... Um, bringing everyone along for my crazy ride of searching, um, plunging my hands into couch cracks and <laughs> looking behind bins and every bin, and sorting things out until we yes. can find what's been missing. Um, and and the reason is one, um, I guess, a bit of a, a crazy person, but also because I want to be able to teach my children that you know these things are. They cost money. Toys are not disposable. Uh, We want to be respectful of our belongings and take care of them. We need to know where they are. We can't just be losing things willy-nilly and replacing them. That's crazy. (laughs) So I am trying to teach them something in my method of craziness, of looking for them. Um, And so if this sounds familiar, it might be because it's reminding you of the parable of the lost sheep.
2: Yes. Um, Yes. From the
6: Gospel of Luke, he says, "What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he has lost one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness and go after that one which is lost <laughs> until he finds it? Yes. And when he has found it, he rejoices. Rejoices me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. And if I can, if that's <laughs> if I can find such joy in in oh, finding that yes. lost Lightning McQueen car, mm-hmm. just imagine, imagine how the Lord delights." In finding me, um, if whatever, where, however, I am lost, like if it's in my own selfishness, selfishness or solitude or my sin or whatever it is that's plaguing me, and He finds me there, and brings me back, and I am found, and He finds such joy in me. That's amazing. He loves me. He loves me more than I love that Lightning McQueen car.
0: <laughs> I hope so. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs>
6: And it feels good. Like, it, it sounds ridiculous, but when I do find the toy, it's like, oh, thank gosh, we found <laughs> it. Like, order is restored in our house again. And if, that, if that, that can provide a tiny little example of how, you know, God feels when, he, when I turn to him and when, when we sit together. And, you know, it just it, it makes me smile thinking that somebody loves me so much that they, their heart is filled with joy and there is great relief when he sees me coming.
0: Yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> so that's good. So, whenever you feel that you are not loved, m- make sure that somebody loses something to remind you. And I'm sure things are getting lost all the time. So, maybe you don't need they that. Really are. Yeah. Right and now,
6: it's the school library book. We're on the hunt.
0: Oh, floor. that's bad. St. Anthony. St. Anthony's good. Yeah. Never <laughs> fails. Okay, very good. Thank you. I, I th- uh, Thank you. Thank you. Lost, yes, the lost coin. Thank you for always
6: challenging me with this question.
0: It's a good one. Well, thank you for uh, enlightening us with your answers. (laughs) Julian Cantor is the producer of the Salt and Light TV program Mothering Full of Grace, and she's the wife of David and the mother of Joseph, Henry, Annie, and Clara.
6: Hey, everybody, it's Marie Miller, and you're listening to the Salt and Light Hour with Deacon Pedro.
0: Over the last couple of months, we've been hearing a lot about the church and the family, but this is nothing new. Throughout the centuries, the church has continuously reminded us that the family is central to the well-being of society. Well, next week in Ottawa, Dominican University College is hosting a conference on the family. And to tell us more, I'm now joined by Joseph Yanni. Joseph, welcome to the program.
5: Thank you, Deacon Pedro.
0: So what exactly is this conference, a family, a conference?
5: The family conference being held next week, it's really designed to allow people the space to be able to reflect together with the leaders in the church regarding the important developments that are happening right now as we speak in Rome, the ongoing synod. Mm -hmm. And so some questions we're looking into are how can we better evangelize families? How can Uh they in turn be equipped to evangelize? These sorts of things.
0: Right. So uh, is there... Is the main reason why this is happening because of the Synod this year and the Synod next year and the World Meeting of Families? You're kind of sort of dedicating a year to family and there's going to be more events about the family? Is that the idea?
5: Part of what we do at Dominican University College is we try to keep in line with the church's teaching and delve into it and then apply that to what's going on in today's world. Right. We're located just a few blocks from Parliament Hill, so uh-huh. we engage often with contemporary political, ethical, and social issues. And with that, we just keep in line with the Vatican's um, offerings. Last year, there was a conference on the faith uh-huh. because the last year, as you know, the, the year of faith announced yeah. the year of faith. So it's just that sort of thing.
0: Absolutely. So, who's this for? It's a university, but is it only for university students or is it for families? Who's this for?
5: The conference is geared to the laity. It's mm-hmm. not an academic conference. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be a dialogue. So throughout the conference there'll be a chance to ask questions. On Saturday, there's an entire session devoted strictly to having a conversation with people. So it's for everybody and uh, you don't need any particular background.
0: Uh-huh. So what sort of how is the conference structured? It's three days from the 20th to the 22nd. Um, How is this structured? Do you have some keynote speakers? Do you have some workshops? How does that work?
5: Sure. So basically, it's geared to those who are um, not necessarily, like we took into account the fact that people are often working. Yeah. So Thursday, Friday night, it starts at 6.30 with the time of prayer, and then at 7 o'clock, there will be a keynote speaker. So on Thursday, it's Father Maximalov, uh-huh. the president of Dominican University, and he'll be talking about the complexities of the modern family. Right. And then on Friday, it's Bishop Christian Riesbeck at 7 o'clock, and he'll be oh. talking about the family in the church today and the teachings on the family from the church's perspective.
2: Mm-hmm.
5: And then all day Saturday, starting at 10 o'clock, there will be breakout sessions with different leaders from the Ottawa faith community giving talks and lectures, and then people will be invited to ask questions. At 11.45, there will be a Mass, and Bishop Terence Prendergast will be uh, presiding over that.
0: Right. So Thursday evening, starting at 6.30 with prayer, Friday evening, starting at 6.30 with prayer, and both Thursday and Friday there's conferences or lectures. Uh, I guess I shouldn't call them lectures. You just said this, not academic. But uh, talks on Thursday with Father Maxime Allard, who's the president of Dominican University, um, and then on Friday with Bishop Christian Reisbeck. Um, and That's then right. Saturday all day, starting at 10 a.m., concluding with mass, celebrated or presided by Archbishop uh, Terry Prendergast. Um, Where can people find out more? How can they register? Is there a cost?
5: Yeah, it's actually completely free. It's by donation. So if you want to uh, donate, that's wonderful. But there is no cost. You can register at Mm dominicanu.ca and there's a a link to click on there and you can sign up just to let us know you're coming.
0: It would be wonderful.
5: And, yeah, if you want to contact me directly, you can reach me at, at ca if you have any questions.
0: Okay, good. So uh, thank you very much. Thank you for telling us about this. It's great. I, we, 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 we hope that more dioceses and more places are going to be having events about the family throughout the year. So as far as I know, you're the first, at least in Canada. So good for taking that initiative, and thank you for telling us about it today.
5: Thanks so much, Deacon Pedro.
0: So, the family a conference is taking place in Ottawa, November twentieth to the twenty second, at Dominican University College. That's ninety six Empress Avenue in Ottawa. Um, speakers are Father Maxime Allard and also Bishop Christian Reisbeck, and of course Archbishop Prendergast will be there on Sunday, for uh, on Saturday, hopefully all day, but definitely for Mass. You can find out more at dominicanu.ca. There's also a phone number 613 six one three two three three 5696. That's 613 233 5696. Or you can email welcome at dominicanu.ca. We're going to put all that information on our website so you can find it easily. Coming up in our second half hour, would you baptize an extraterrestrial? And we catch up with Sal Solo and NCYC's top talent. So don't go anywhere. Hello and welcome to the Salt and Light Hour Part 2. I'm Deacon Pedro. Now, earlier this year, Pope Francis made an unusual comment during a morning homily at Casa Santa Marta. He said, Imagine if a Martian showed up, all big ears and big nose, and he asked to be baptized. How would you react? It's a funny scenario and a funny question, but apparently not the first time that this question has been asked. Brother Guy Consolmagno and Father Paul Mueller at the Vatican Observatory get these types of questions all the time, and thus the title of their latest book, Would You Baptize an Extraterrestrial?, and other questions from the Astronomer's Inbox at the Vatican Observatory. And to tell us more, and I guess to answer that question, I am now joined by Vatican astronomer Brother Guy Consolmagno. Brother Guy, so good to talk to you again. Welcome to the program.
7: Thanks for having me here.
0: So first of all, I should say congratulations on, on, on winning the Carl Sagan medal. Um, what, maybe for people who don't know what that is, what would the significance be of you, a religious brother, winning this prestigious science award?
7: Well, of course, Carl Sagan was famous in the 80s for a television program called Cosmos, but even more than that, he did a lot to publicize planetary science. He appeared on television, he wrote popular books. He was a great champion of science, but he's, as often happens with popularizers, he often championed science as opposed to religion. So the idea that a Jesuit brother would get the Sagan Award for popularizing science, I think shows that science is not something opposed to religion, but that the two not only live in harmony, but complement each other. Yes. Uh, And I think he would have appreciated that himself.
0: Yes. And I think for a lot of people, maybe it, it might be a little bit of a surprise, as is the fact that the Vatican has an observatory. So what is the role of the Vatican Observatory?
7: Well, the first role is to surprise people. (laughs) <laughs> the idea that uh, science and religion are opposed is actually a relatively modern idea. People think it goes back to Galileo or the Middle Ages or something, but no, it, it actually doesn't. All through the 1700s and 1800s, most scientists were either clergymen or noblemen, because after all, who else had the free time and the income to get right, out right. and the education. But at the end of the 19th century, for a lot of political reasons— people tried to paint the church as an enemy of science. And that's why in 1891, Pope Leo XIII established a national observatory for the Vatican Mm -hmm. to show that the church actually supported science. And that's what we've been doing ever since.
0: So, but why specifically an observatory? Why astronomers, as opposed to a science institute or a pontifical institute for sciences?
7: I think one of the big motivations was simply that at the end of the 19th century, one of the great astronomers of the age was a Jesuit priest, an Italian priest named Angelo Secchi,
0: who invented,
7: among other things, uh, spectroscopy and how you classify stars by their spectra. Uh And so he was living off the reputation of Father Secchi. But also, astronomy is a great topic to, first of all, apologize for Galileo, (laughs) but also to to look at the heavens and recognize that it's awe-inspiring. Looking at the stars reminds you that there's more to life than what's for lunch.
0: So, looking at the stars, looking at the universe, also informs us about God.
7: It really does, because um, what do we know about the stars? What do we know about the universe? First of all, that it makes sense. It didn't have to make sense, but it Mm -hmm. does. Mm -hmm. What happens in the world is not the action of random nature gods. You know, it's not Zeus throwing lightning bolts. Yes. Rather, it's a God who creates laws. And the final thing that you can never forget
0: is it's beautiful. Right. This is an act of love. Right. Of course. And and so so science is about laws, religion is also about. I mean, the the universe is about laws, and, and religion yeah. shows that as well. So so there's the extraterrestrial question. Um, I, I suppose that, and I want to ask you how you would answer that question. Um, but the the intersection of science and religion, and I think that this is an interesting one because so nobody knows whether there's life in the universe other than on Earth. We can speculate. Science is helping us uh, figure that out. I, I suppose that's what the Rosetta Probe is trying to figure out today, and I want to ask you about that also later. So how would you answer the question about baptizing an extraterrestrial?
7: Well, the short answer is, of course, only if she asks. <laughs> yes. And that points out that the question won't come up until there's someone who can communicate to us about it. Right. The question really is not about extraterrestrials. It's about us. Mm-hmm. How do we understand baptism? Um, if we claim to be humans, humans as opposed to what? What is it that makes us human? What is it that gives us a soul that's in God's image and likeness? Mm-hmm. You know, does it depend on how many tentacles you have? And that's why asking this kind of hypothetical question is great fun. Yeah. And it's not a question with a solid answer, yes or no. Mm-hmm. We don't know. And right. that's a lovely place to be because it means we've got something exciting
0: to learn. Right. Um, so the, in the book, Would You Baptize an Extraterrestrial?, you you basically uh, explore a few questions that are questions that you guys get asked all the time. So what are some other questions that, that you address in the book?
7: Well, one of them, of course, which comes up this time of year, is the Star of Bethlehem. Uh-huh. And just as with all the other questions, we try to dig underneath, you know, no matter how many times you say, well, it was this conjunction, or it was that uh, heliacal rising planets, or whatever, people keep asking the question. Mm -hmm. And after a while, you realize that's not really the question that's bothering them. What they want to know is, can we trust the Bible? Does God act in miraculous ways? How does God act in the universe? Mm Mm-hmm. And again, there aren't any short answers, but once you recognize that those are the questions, those are questions worth living with and wondering. Right. Um, science is sometimes, you think of science as solving mysteries, mm-hmm. but you only solve a mystery by uncovering three new mysteries. Right. Mysteries are things that we live with and contemplate. When, when Mary is contemplating these things in her heart, she's not trying to solve the mystery to make it go away, she's mm-hmm. trying to come more familiar with it, more intimately with it. Right. And the incarnation is one of those mysteries mm-hmm. that we'll never come to grips with, and there's never going to be a short answer to.
0: Right. And I guess that's, again, to, to to reiterate the fact that that's why we need to do science. Um, you're an expert in meteorites. So that's why you're interested, of course, on the Rosetta probe that landed on the meteorite. And maybe you can, you can uh, tell us why. Um, the church would be interested in something like that, but I also want to know why does the Vatican own a meteorite collection?
7: <laughs> well, the, the short answer is, of course, somebody donated it. Uh, <laughs> okay. In fact, his widow donated it. I think she wanted them out of a house. But uh, the, the Marquis de Maule, about a hundred years ago, was one of the great nineteenth-century collectors. Yeah. And his widow donated the collection in the nineteen thirties. We've been using it to study the physical properties of the things that make up the planets. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I was growing up in one of these uh, tract developments, so you could see all the new houses being built, you could go into the junkyard in the back of the house, yeah. you could do the scrap heap, and see what was in the house. The yeah. meteorites are the scrap heap of the, uh, of the planets, uh-huh. and by seeing what are in the meteorites, we can learn what's inside the planets. Right. Now, Rosetta has just landed on a comet. Yes. And this is really exciting because it's a frozen scrap heap. It looks like even more than the asteroids, it's been untouched since four and a half billion years ago when the planets were formed. Right. So to be able to see that close up and to see how it's physically put together, that's going to tell us about... How the planets themselves are put together.
0: Right, of course. So, would the church, specifically through the Vatican Observatory, be following closely the Rosetta probe?
7: Absolutely. Uh, the, the particular work that uh, I'm doing is in densities of material, so connecting that to the physical structure of Rosetta is important. Mm-hmm. There's another fellow in our group, Jean-Matisse Kikwaya, who did his doctoral work in Canada at uh, Western Ontario. Yeah. And he is, of course, the people in London, Ontario, are among the world's experts in meteors, while meteors come from comets. Right. To be able to connect up the dust that become shooting stars in our sky uh-huh. with the dust that you find in these comets. Right. You know, to be able to make those connections allows us to put together different pieces of knowledge that suddenly become a bigger picture. It's right. like gathering the pieces of a jigsaw puzzle, and suddenly you get an insight when they're all put together.
0: Yeah. It's so interesting. Um, I don't want to let you go before uh, asking you, or without asking you, because the Pope also recently made a comment about the Big Bang Theory, another area oh, yeah. that I think people are confused about. So what would the Church say about the Big Bang?
7: Well, you got to remember, evolution was based on Gregor Mendel's genetics. Gregor Mendel was a monk. Uh-huh. The Big Bang Theory is based on the uh, mathematical work of a uh, Belgian, Georges Lemaître, George Lemaitre was a Catholic priest. Yes. These theories are the best descriptions we have in 2014 to describe how life developed and changed, to de- describe how the universe developed and changed from the beginning. Mm-hmm. None of them are final answers. You know, a thousand years from now, we'll have new theories. Right. These are not things that you can base your religion on. Yes. But these are things that we can embrace as believers because... It's not enough to say, God made it. We want to know, how did God make it? Right. Because by seeing how God makes the universe, you get closer to God's personality, you get a little more familiar with the Creator Himself. Mm-hmm. And what better reason to do science than that?
0: Amen. Thank you very much for that. And thank you so much for spending time with us today and for writing the book and for the work that you do. Um, it's been a pleasure having you with us today.
7: Well, I'm really glad to be able to join you.
0: I spoke with Brother Guy Consolmagno earlier this week. Brother Guy is a Jesuit brother and an astronomer working at the Vatican Observatory. He is the co-author of Would You Baptize an Extraterrestrial? and Other Questions from the Astronomer's Inbox at the Vatican Observatory, published by Image. You can learn more about the work at the Vatican Observatory at their website, vaticanobservatory.org. Here now is another young singer-songwriter from NCYC's top talent, Beth Hull, with I'm Not Afraid from NCYC's top talent, too.
8: the I'll never let you down cause it's you who holds me you'll find my side, nothing's impossible but what I do for you please remember All sorts you. Yeah. Oh, so it's you.
0: That was Beth Hall with I'm Not Afraid from the latest NCYC's Top Talent album, NCYC's Top Talent 2. The whole premise of Top Talent music is very simple. Support a new generation of Catholic artists. And we've spoken about this before, but it's now really taken off. And so to tell us more, I'm now joined by the man behind this new venture, Sal Solo. Sal, welcome back to the program.
9: Thank you, Deacon Pedro, nice to speak with you again.
0: Yes, so top talent music mm-hmm. is that that's what we're calling this. How did the idea come about?
9: Well, you know, if I answered you in French, you probably would understand as you're in Canada and many of your <laughs> listeners might understand.
0: Okay. If I answered
9: you in German mm-hmm. or Italian, probably very few would understand. And so we need to ask, does the church speak the language of young people today?
2: Uh Because
9: when I say young people, I'm thinking mainly teenagers, and teenagers can at best be a kind of unknown quantity to many adults, and at worst, that's something to be feared. I actually know. I don't know about you. You're a deacon. I know priests and bishops who are afraid to go into Catholic high schools because they just never know what the kids are going to say or Absolutely. how they're going to react. Yeah, it's so true. You know, they can come out with embarrassing questions or they can be very blunt. And so they're not kind of smiley, happy little things like small mm-hmm. children are in preschool or something. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of times the kids, the teens, they're difficult to communicate with. But what I've found in my many years of ministry within the Catholic Church is there are a lot of teenagers who really are good kids. You know, they have good morals and standards. They really try and live out their faith and be a role model. And what, what are the things that they like? Well, they like the Internet. They like um, their phones. They like uh, fashions. And especially, they like music. You mm-hmm. know, since you and I were children, we've always loved music, right? Yeah. You know? it's uh, probably every generation since Elvis, and I think maybe before, going back to Frank Sinatra, music is one of the few things that is kind of universal. But our church typically does not speak the language of youth Mm -hmm. when it comes to music, Mm -hmm. because if you were to accost any typical teens coming out of church on a Sunday, and let's say from Catholic music,
0: they're going to
9: think what they just heard in the liturgy is Catholic music and have no notion of anything else. And so it's really been a revelation to the teams that I've been working with, that you can make the music that you love, that gives you joy, that your generation enjoys, and at the same time evangelize and speak of your faith. Mm-hmm. You know, you started off playing Beth Hull there and her forthcoming song. I'm yeah. not afraid. She was the she was the winner last year of NCYC's top talent in Indianapolis. She's currently a high school team mm-hmm. in Kentucky, and uh, she. Uh, is writing her own songs and getting the chance to perform them on tour, and so it's kind of like a, a dream come true in the context of the church.
0: You know, right? So, okay, so how does it work? You mentioned the 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 NCYC's top talent contest. Is that basically where you get find these young people? Uh, how does the whole yeah
9: every every two years in the US there is the National Catholic Youth Conference yep. NCYC, and so. Twenty to 25,000 young people attend, mm-hmm. high school kids actually, yeah. and uh, so several years ago, we got the idea that you know, out of 20,000, 25,000 young people, there must be future evangelizers for the church there, future musicians for the church,
2: yeah. so why
9: don't we start to do a search? And so much along the lines of American Idol, The Voice, you know, yeah, America's yeah. Got Talent, we started NCYC's Top Talent, so the first year... We just had the contest. There was a top ten. We recorded an album by the winner and then a compilation album of one mm-hmm. song from each of the finalists. Yeah. This time round, in 2013 was the second one. We went further, and after we started to record them, we organized a tour. And so they've been touring all over uh, the United States uh, since the summer and okay. getting already reviews and, of course, getting better and better. Yeah. And I wanted to tell you about one boy in particular. I know you've got his uh, song coming up. And uh, this is Fusion. When he entered the contest in 2011,
2: yeah. he,
10: you,
9: you might say he was a dark horse because he was only 15 years old. He sung a Justin Bieber song, and he was not one. He was in the top 10, but he was not really a standout at that time.
2: Yeah. But now
9: he's just phenomenal on tour. Everybody loves him. All these, even people 70 years old are coming and say, Fusion is the greatest thing, and he's dancing and singing and rapping. And so... This is one of the very first songs that we recorded by him when he was only 15 or 16 years old. And it just shows his kind of energetic, positive um, dance style together with the strong faith message.
0: Yeah, that's right. So that's that's Fusion, Louis uh, Louis Gargiulia. We we heard the song at the beginning of the show. Hands up. Um, So you have the contest, you pick the top ten, you record an album. You're not just looking for singers, songwriters, or, or kids that have good voices. You're looking for future evangelizers. Is that correct?
9: Yeah. Well, you know, if somebody just has musical talent, they can go into The Voice or, you know, any one of those shows. Um, but we're, we're really looking to build up the church.
2: Uh-huh.
9: And so we want the young people that can speak to their generation about their faith. You know, we've got a boy... In Minnesota currently, he's a senior, Joe Perry, 17. Yeah. And he's preparing a workshop for the Fargo stop of the tour, which is coming up in a couple of weeks. Uh-huh. And I was kind of surprised, you know, when I, I said, well, give me a synopsis of what you're going to say to them. And it was basically his faith story, his faith testimony. And I was like, wow, I could never have done that when I was 17. I don't know about you. So- but I think, you know, when we give them the chance, to really just develop their gifts and you know the, the the wisdom the support the environment it's just amazing how they can flourish.
0: So you're not you're more than just a producer of young people's music. You're actually mentoring these people. There is there formation involved. How much training yes. is there? Yes.
9: yes. Well, of course, personally, I've been in ministry in the church for thirty years now, and prior to that, I was in the music business. Yeah. And so, all the things that they need to know—how um, to perform on stage, you know, how to write a song, all those kinds of things—then uh, they get help with all with all of that. And sometimes they amaze me, to be honest. You know. Yeah. So we got a couple of girls who've never been on stage before, and so I would write these seminars for them about introducing their songs. And so, for instance. Beth Howell the winner yeah. uh, last year at NCYC's top talent, she, uh, her dad told me afterwards she'd never been on a stage before the NCYC.
0: Wow. And so when,
9: when the tour was coming up, I explained to them, when you're going to sing a song, you need to give the audience a reason to listen. Yeah. So tell them why you wrote the song, and if you didn't write it, why you want to sing it, what it means to you, if there's a story connected. And immediately they started doing that, and Beth She started talking about the scriptures, actually, you know, the inspiration for songs, coming Uh from the Psalms and different words from the Bible. And so I was very impressed.
0: Wow. So uh, you mentioned, so every two years, there's the National Catholic Youth Conference, NCYC. Every two years, that's where you reach out. You provide this opportunity for young people. Anyone who wants to enter the contest can enter the contest. You pick 10 winners. Uh, You record an album with the winner, and you also record a compilation album who this is not necessarily music that is played in church. It's not liturgical music, or well, I suppose it could be. So who's listening to this music? Who are who's buying these albums?
9: Well, I'll tell you what's real interesting is that now, every month, we release a new song. We'll be releasing one shortly, you know, toward the end of this month, another one next month. Yeah. And we release the song, we release the video. Yes. Sometimes it's the whole um, album or EP. In December, yes. the Beth Hull uh, EP, the five-song EP, will be coming out, which is called Devoted. Yes. And so when the videos go on, get up on YouTube, you, you right away see hundreds or thousands of views. You know, one of them that we got out there, which is called hashtag Yellow, has got yes. over forty thousand views. Yes. And uh, then we'll see people on iTunes going and buying the song. Right. And so that's really the method that is out there right now. Right. I think what you're doing with Sort and Light Radio is a great contribution because I thought if only in the Catholic Church we had music radio stations like they do for uh, the Protestant music. You know. Yes. So many people. No songs like I Can Only Imagine or Shout Mm -hmm. to the Lord or Matt Marr songs because they're played on Christian radio.
0: Yeah, exactly.
9: So I kind of hope and dream like you that maybe one day we'll have many Catholic radio stations and this kind of music um, will be heard by lots of young people and it will really make a difference.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Now, um, just before you go, so you mentioned the tour and that's something new and I presume that it will also be happening in the future with the new Uh, talent that comes up but just so that people know you mentioned fargo so november 22nd you're going to be in fargo uh, north dakota november 23rd saint cloud minnesota december 5th san antonio texas that's the national catholic youth uh the youth ministers Uh, conference yeah then december 7th in saint san angelo texas december 8th Lubbock, texas and in December 9th in Amarillo, Texas. I don't know. Is that the end of the tour? There's going to be more dates coming up in the new year?
9: Well, it's the end, end for this year, but we're certainly looking at the spring and summer of next year. So if somebody listening wants to bring into to Canada, then we will
0: be <laughs> all ears. Absolutely. And we do have listeners in some of these places. So if you're in Minnesota or in Texas and any of these places, look them up and maybe you can go support. So if people search NCYC Top Talent, they'll find it. But we're going to put the link on our site so people can find it really easily. Sal, it's been a it has been a great pleasure talking to you Again, you're doing great work and you're a good friend, so uh, maybe I know you're moving further away from Canada um, (laughs) to Florida, but maybe that means that I have an excuse to come visit you.
9: You do. You're welcome to Disney anytime, all right?
0: (laughs) Thank you very much. Sal Solo is the man behind the top talent music. Uh, He's a former singer, songwriter, and now, as you heard, a music uh, promoter and mentor of New the new generation of Catholic singer-songwriters. Here now is the winner of the very first NCYC's top talent contest, Matthias Michael, with his song Superheroes.
10: I got God himself In Jesus Christ his only son I don't need nobody else Spider-Man has all the moves But God made everything A dying man he may be tough But Jesus is the King. You can keep your Justice asleep But God is not pretend He already rocked the world And he's coming back to do it again I don't need no Batman, Lord. There ain't no one like you. And he is only make-believe. Your promises are true. I don't need no superman. Don't care if he can fly. I just want you, Lord Jesus Christ, ruler of the sky. and trucks, God made everyone, you keep your fantastic four, I read Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, wouldn't mind the Batmobile, for the extra speed, but Jesus Christ is taking me to heaven, so I have no need, I don't need no Batman, Lord, there ain't no one like you, Promises are true. I don't need no Superman, don't care if he can fly. I just want you, Lord Jesus Christ, you are the sky.
0: We're listening to Matthias Michael with superheroes from NCYC's top talent. And that will take us to the end of the program next week. We're giving away a copy of NCYC's Top Talent 2. So go to our website, saltandlighttv.org slash radio, and look where it says, Stay Connected for a Chance to Win Weekly Prizes, enter your name and email address for a chance to win. Also, you can send us a comment on our Facebook page or send me a tweet at Deacon Pedro GM and we'll enter you into the draw. Also, for those of you in the Ottawa area, remember the family, a conference at Dominican University College from November 20th to the 22nd. Go and learn, pray, and reflect on God's plan for the family. Learn more at dominicanu.ca. Next week, We're going to be catching up with Rebecca Rubion, who has a new Christmas album, and also speaking with Dale Alquist about his new book on apologetics. Also in the coming weeks, Dan Schutte on Advent Reflections and Christmas at Harvard Square. So that's all coming up in the next month on this program, so you don't want to miss any of our upcoming shows. That's all for today. Thank you for your support. Thank you for listening. I'm Deacon Pedro, and this has been the Salt and Light Hour.
10: I just want you, Lord Jesus Christ, don't need no no you. your promises are true. I don't need no Superman. Care if He can fly. I just want You, Lord Jesus Christ, ruler of the sky. I just want You, Lord Jesus Christ, ruler of the sky, ruler of the sky.